Okay, well, it's you and me, baby. We're nothing but mammals. <laughs> Starting off the soundtrack with the Bloodhound Gang. Um, that right. was a mistake. That That's was a creator right. mistake, not adding that you to the soundtrack. Welcome, everybody, <laughs> to the inaugural. You should be saying this. It's, it's like your baby. It's, you should yeah. do like an intro. I, I, I'm not a helicopter parent. <laughs> oh, <I am>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is In the Can, a podcast about film and music, uh, soundtracks mostly, but you know, I don't know, stuff and things. I, I have not worked on an intro, I'll be honest. Well, I mean, this is the intro episode. This intro we'll episode develop an intro over time. Whenever I listen to podcasts and radio shows, I'm always concerned with whose voice I'm hearing. So I just want to make an announcement. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do that. That um, this is Sarah. This is Sarah's voice. <laughs> this is Sarah. Uh, so that's Sarah. Um, this is Parker. And uh, we are your hosts of the In the Can uh, radio show. Yeah. And with uh, Crater, Crater News. Actually, Crater Radio with Meteor News. Excuse me. Yeah. Parent company. Um, I had a thought today, which this is like, should not make it into the show, but um, I would really like as to As soon get... as you say that, you know it's going to the show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fingers crossed. Uh, we should somehow get Los Saltanos and... Um, is it Mi Placida? Is that what it's called? In the mall? Yeah. I think so. P.S. I'm going to Gloria's this Friday with my boss. Oh, shit. Okay, find out about that. Anyway, we should somehow get them to sponsor us. We should just do I don't know what that would look out. like. Yeah. If you're in okay. Flagstaff, here's where you want to go. Yes. Los, so Los Altenos and Sherwood tacos. Forest, the Berilla Tacos and the Super Nachos and the Should Agua try. Fresca um, Cucumber and Lime. Those are, that's all that we've tried, and it was oh, all delicious. Actually, I had the watermelon agua fresca today and tuberia tacos, and I had uh, not a torta, maybe a chalupa. Delicious. Like a little, it was so fucking See, good. everything we've tried on this freaking menu yeah. is delicious. And so, it was so nice that works there. They're wonderful people. Super great. Super great. Tonight Go to Los Ateños. Next week, I should be able to update you on Gloria's. I'm going there on Friday. Please do. Um, but today, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna discuss <laughs> Shrek, the two thousand one classic, the cl- animation classic. Mm-hmm. Speaking Shrek. of food, I will say we did pair this with um, a blooming onion. And if you can hear jazz in the background, it's because we're at Liminal and Flagstaff, where we have a an awesome recording studio set up, and they are wonderful enough to let us record back here. And they're having jazz night, and we don't have a doorknob. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if jazz totally goes with the Shrek soundtrack. I have to say. But it's it's a lovely background in life. Yeah, it classes up the show. It really does. It does. It 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 makes you think that that we are sitting around (laughs) with actual notes. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. we know what we're doing. So, before we get into Shrek kind of talking about the movie and the music, Mm -hmm. do you want to do a couple of... Fast facts, tidbits, trivia, Shrek trivia, just a couple Some notes. Interesting Some things. interesting facts. Um, I feel like uh, I should have written some down because I had a bunch. Well, don't you know I have a Word doc in front of me? You are so prepared. I will say um, 
I'm I'm gonna go in for the Nick Cage one. Is that okay? okay. Can I yeah. hit the Nick Cage? Let's start let's with that. Seg- because- yeah, because it's got a segue. Um so fun fact. Uh actually let's let's just start from the beginning on that, really. Um so the Shrek movie predates 2001, obviously. It took him like four years to make it, but before that It was optioned back in the 90s. Was it 1994, I think? So Shrek is actually based on a children's novel. Yes, that is true. Which is based on a Russian folklore. Interesting, because, yeah, I saw that Shrek meant monster in Yiddish. (laughs) It does mean monster in Yiddish, and then it means scary in Russian, I want to say. But, um, so Um, I'm just looking at my notes to make sure I got this right. It's a longer Yiddish word to to be fair. Shrek is shortened. Shrek is shortened. Gotcha. Like they're they're saying like this is of that Yiddish word, uh, Shreklif, I'm not saying it right. I'm terrible. Anyway, go ahead. Well, just that, so it is based on a book. It's based on a 1990s children's book um, by William Stieg. And- um, He's also a political cartoonist. I did not know that. Fun thing. I think you can see that too when you look at his style. He he regularly drew for the New Yorker. Interesting. And so, like, if you look at the original pictures of it, it's like very New Yorker style. If you like remember those fucking coffee. Yeah. I shouldn't have said fuck. Sorry. Uh, Those coffee side table books. Can we say fuck on the radio? Can we say fuck? I don't know. (laughs) I should have asked. But we can use the fun bleep function. Oh, I love the bleep. And yeah. maybe it could be like a little a honk. You know what I love about a bleep? I love that like when a bleep is used when the curse word is so long that you have no idea what the curse word is. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, anyway. Or it's like in an awkward spot where you're just so like, this, what did you fit in there? So this <laughs> kind of movie yeah. um, was based on a 1990s picture book called Shrek exclamation point by William Stieg. And it was bought, um, by Spielberg <laughs> in 1991. Is that because um, his kids were Spielberg doing? bought the rights, okay. um, for a hand-drawn animation film for his Amblin entertainment company. And Amblin put out a lot of good stuff. So before you get to Nikki Cage, when Spielberg bought the rights, do you know who he had in mind for Shrek and donkey? Oh my God. Yeah, it's fucking wild. It was Steve Martin and um, um, Bill Murray. And Bill Murray would have been Shrek and Steve Martin would have been Donkey. Yes. And let me tell you, upon retrospect, what a fucking Wes Anderson movie that would have been, right? Or maybe even like almost like Peter, Peter, is it Peter Faulkner? Like Christopher Guest vibes, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I could see that. And while I think that's an an interesting idea, Mm -hmm. I cannot see anybody but Eddie Murphy as Donkey. Oh, absolutely Because he kills the game. He kills the game. Yeah, like there's no... I mean, Eddie Eddie Murphy is hilarious. Arguably his greatest role. I think think it well outweighs Axel um, from... Beverly Hills Cop. Like, yeah, he, like, far, like, this is a good-ass role. Yeah. So, I don't know that anybody would have said Beverly Hills Cop is his best (laughs) role in comparison. Not Daddy Daycare? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is it. There are some Was he a daddy? He was a daddy daycare, right? I don't don't know. Maybe we need to watch Daddy Daycare. See what that soundtrack Um, sounds. Or, oh, he was in, um, what's the, the vet that can talk to animals? Doolittle. Dr. Doolittle. I love the Doolittle movies. Is it? This is the Doolittle. The Doolittles. I'm Doolittle. As a child, I often watch the Doolittle film. 
The theater. Uh, the Cinemark Theater. Maybe we should revisit the Doolittle. Um, we'll come back to those. Okay, but, but wait, there's more back. to that. There's more to that. So I think it's 1994. It's possibly 1991. Chris Farley actually recorded about 80% of mm-hmm. his dialogue for the film, which had a totally different storyline in which he was a knight. Um, Fiona was done by Janine Garofalo. She was sarcastic. She was I witty. Would, she would have been mean. I think I would have really loved it. I Janine think I would have really liked Fiona. it too. Um, we, we have some things to say about that, but we'll come to that. Um, so Chris Farley dies and he has 80% of his... R.I.P. Rip. Rip. As our friend would say, Rip. Rip. Um, 80% of his dialogue's done, but they still need to change some things. And so the project ultimately gets abandoned. Jean Garofalo gets fired from the job. She never finds out why. Um, it takes him four years to animate this film. They end up choosing Mike Myers and Cameron Diaz as the leads. Uh, fun fact, previous to that, Nicholas Cage was option. That's where I was going with this. That was the big That's build, the and then I just like kind of swept over it. But can I just um, say that when we were getting ready to record this podcast or this radio show podcast, that Parker and I were saying, "Oh, you know, I looked up some fun facts," and Parker's like, oh, "You know, I looked up some too," you know. And we're like, "Well, I have one that's gonna blow your socks off," and Parker's like, "I have one that's gonna blow your socks off." <laughs> it, it was all the Nick Cage. Facts. It was. It was just the Nick Cage. But I have more to add to it. We should do a show that's just about movies that should have had Nicolas Cage, but he said no. Because not only did he turn down Shrek, but this is just a fun little fact for listeners. He also turned down the role of Aragorn in uh, Lord of the Rings. And I, I just, man, what could have been? What, what could have been? What could have been? <laughs> What could have been? What could have been? What could have been? So, yeah, that'll um, be another episode. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please, please tell us everything you want to about Nicholas Cage. Nick Cage. I'm here for it. We are here Nicky for Cage, it. Nicky Cage, please reach out to us. I would love to interview you. <laughs> love, it. love it. I have two more kind of oh, fast yeah, yeah. facts, interesting tidbits. Please do. Um, so first is one that like I think I totally forgot that maybe most people know is that Shrek was the first ever winner for an animated film at the Academy Awards. I actually didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was I think it must have been the year they introduced the award. But so Shrek won the first ever Academy Award for animated feature film. Um, and the other one is kind of a funny, a funny fact um, it's about John Lithgow, who plays Farquaad. Yes, please. So Far, so John Lithgow, I didn't know this, is six foot four, mm-hmm. six foot four inches. He's an incredibly tall man. I and watched it, a lot of Third Rock from the Sun. An incredibly tall man. And he said he would never play anyone short. Yes. So he has come out and said that he broke a personal rule to play Farquaad yes, in that. Shrek. Um Anyway, I just thought that was funny that, that he's uh, this very tall man who had this like rule of never playing a short character. The, the relationship between men and their heights, I will never understand. I never understood it until I downloaded Tinder and I was like, oh my God. why does Kim everyone t- have their Jesus. height in? Like I, sometimes, I sometimes asked, this is I've, all they'll have. They'll say, John, 6'4". Yeah. <laughs> That's all they have. No, my favorite is when it's like, Jen, 6'7". <laughs> 
in case it matters. And I'm like, what matters? <laughs> and what are you, what, what activity are you doing that's height related that is so important? Yeah. But I talked to somebody about this actually, um, totally off subject from Shrek. <laughs> um, I talked to a guy about this and he said it matters and that women care and they get really upset. And it is so much better to let them know ahead of time than to show up and then be like disappointed in their physical appearance. And I was like, fuck. One time a dude told me my jacket was too small and I like still am upset about that. Yeah, I, was I can't say, imagine somebody like, being just like, you know, I was going to say that reminds me of like fat women on dating apps. Oh, like, totally. Absolutely. I, I, I did understand it when he said that. I yeah. was like. I know the exact look that you're talking about. The yeah. look that someone gives and they're like, oh, you're not what I what I had built. Yeah. Even though, I mean, that's clearly a picture of you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know someone who uh. was going on a date with a fat woman and um, the, the woman, uh, you know, sent him a message ahead of time just like double checking. You understand that I am fat and there's not going to be any surprises when I show up. And I am fat. Um, and it's obviously because this person, this fat mm-hmm. person, had, like, run into this so much of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about more fat stuff. Oh, golly, um, I can't wait. If you couldn't tell from my voice, I am fat. I just got a The thickness. The thickness is there. It's syrupy. How do you want to do this? Do you want to kind of like, do you want to talk about the soundtrack? Do you want to kind of go through the movie? Because we do have some, some songs. So, so full disclosure to our listeners out there, this is the first episode we're recording. Um, So we haven't totally worked out a format. And one thing that I was very taken aback by, and, and and maybe I just need to do more research in how soundtracks work and how Mm -hmm. soundtracks sell um, so when I was a child, I came, Shrek came out when I was like 10 years old. I was like primed for Shrek. Like I loved Shrek as a child and I loved the soundtrack. I had the CD as a kid, would play it in my, I had this little purple boom box. I had the Shrek CD. <laughs> I would play it all the time. So I like listening, getting ready for this rap episode, I was listening to the Shrek soundtrack and I recognized you know, I, I was like, oh, I know the words to all of these. It's like that muscle memory that comes oh, back. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. when I was like 10 years old, I used to listen to the song. But then when we sat down to watch the movie, I realized that there's several songs on the soundtrack that I did not hear in the movie. Because when we were watching it, I was mm-hmm. listening for them. There are about six songs that you hear in the movie that are not on the soundtrack as well. Yeah. And there might even be more than that, but I, I count. There's at least one, two, three... And I'm seeing at least three songs that are included on the soundtrack that are nowhere in the movie. Another little fun thing. I don't know why I say it's a fun thing. It's not that fun. John Cale of the Velvet Underground. um, He sings Hallelujah in the movie. That's him singing. That's not not Rufus Rufus Wainwright. Wainwright. What? Yeah. So when they put that in there, they thought that that version, which I actually agree with, uh, John Cale has... More of a obviously no one is Leonard Cohen. No one's Leonard Cohen. No but one's it, claiming to be, and no one's claiming to be. But his is is got an emotional depth to it. I would say akin to Leonard Cohen, and so it plays well in that moment 
because it's not a perfect voice. Not to say that Rufus Wainwright's is. I'm just saying they're two very different versions. Yeah. And I think that's something that's misleading because there is an emotional depth to the John Cale version. I think in my he, opinion. Not that there's not to the Rufus Wainwright. I mean, I think that song has emotional depth and yeah. that's why it's chosen. I think but. because I listened to this specific soundtrack and this specific CD as a child, to this day, Rufus Wainwright's Holiday is my favorite. I understand that. Like, I, I have to be I, honest, I think it's any, the, any version of that song really, I'm into you. It is one that um, I mean, it's a tightens the song. cheeks. You know it's a go- Yeah. And props to Leonard Cohen for songwriting. Yeah. Um, Do you ever think about, like, a movie you would love to see? And mine is a biopic historical movie love story of the Leonard Cohen-Joni Mitchell love affair. Oh, my fuck, yeah. I just want to Because there's, like, there's a fucking one picture of them together. Uh And I don't even know if they really dated. I know she was, like, with the one guy from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Mm -hmm. And the song Your House is about their house and whatever part of Los Angeles. But I I would, first of all, dying for a Joni Mitchell biopic anything yeah we can talk more about this in our practical magic episode coming up oh my god yeah um but anyway (laughs) and that's gonna yeah i would love we're gonna have to touch on joe rogan because we're gonna talk about joni mitchell joe rogan talked about joni mitchell uh no but joni mitchell pulled all of her music off spotify because of joe that's right and i just think that it's worth mentioning because i am fascinated and i'm not willing to do the hours of youtube uh research yeah we'll call it it's not research but you know what i'm saying to like find out more about it so um i'm gonna leave that to you you're good (laughs) at getting the hot goss i love Um, hot goss and i want to know it but yeah uh i do i do think that we should touch on when the show is called in the can uh whenever a movie production was completed they would say it was in the can ready for print um, so that's where the name comes from. Also, I love toilet humor. That's, that's it. And speaking of toilet humor, <laughs> Shrek is a great one to start on. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, start with a filth. Um, better out than in, as he always says. Which is like a, a quote in Shrek 2, which is directly ripped from Austin Powers because, of course, Mike Myers is involved in the show also something um we watched this movie last night uh we talked a lot about fiona's appearance and how odd the bang combination with the braid was mm -hmm. i need you to know that they made a hundred versions of her and that was the one that they settled Mm. on so i don't know if this is because i am deep into my own personal kind of fat liberation journey um But when we watched the movie last night, and I'm not saying this is not my opinion when I was a child. This is my opinion last night. When Fiona first transformed into an ogre in the movie, I thought, she looks better. (laughs) Like, I literally I do remember you saying that. You were like, I don't understand. It's a glow up. And I know. And it wasn't in a way that was like, oh, I'm saying she's cuter because she's fat. I know. Like, I legitimately thought that she was cuter as an ogre. Like, I legitimately thought this makes more sense than the weird Barbie doll wave, like, red hair version of Fiona. Yeah, like, her hair was too thick for the size of her skull. 
was a thing I was seeing. I don't know if that was a hot take, but I also was just like, 90s had weird bangs. You remember Rachel's bangs and Friends? Mm-hmm. I hate that show, but like, mm-hmm. that was a thing. I shouldn't say I hate that show. It's just not of interest to me. Um, <laughs> she, Parker's care. trying not to get canceled by the Friends, <laughs> by so the friends fandom. <laughs> you know, I don't know what our intersectionality looks like, but I want to keep it open. Um, <laughs> It's okay. You, you, I think even if you, I think the millennials love friends. I don't know. I think it's okay to say we hate Roths. Oh yeah, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I think that's okay. I, mean, I think that's okay. Also, I'm just gonna say this uh, again, not to do a Shrek, but why does he need a monkey? Why? Why does Ross need a monkey? Why does he or need why a does monkey? Shrek need a donkey? Why does Ross need a monkey? Mm. It seems not okay to keep a monkey um, in an apartment in New York when you are a professor of paleontology and you're supposed to be at the museum all the time. And the monkey doesn't get to be at the museum all the time. And I would imagine if you're good at your job, you're there a lot. So I just feel like there was a lot of monkey neglect and everybody was cool with it. And I think it was very sad when the monkey left. And I was sad for the monkey and their relationship falling apart. But also... He was a grown man in New York. Why do you need a monkey? So the thing about me, I kind of hate monkeys. Me too! Like, I, 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 mean. I, I love like that they exist. I think that they're wonderful creatures. I don't know. Absolutely. I don't know if it's that they're too close to humans that it makes me uncomfortable. And I think maybe the older I've gotten, the more uncomfortable I've gotten with zoos and with wild yes. animals as pets. Like, yes. first of all, like, I don't like that as a concept. But it's, I don't think that a monkey should be in a diaper. I think that's weird. I hate seeing a monkey, I hate in, a seeing a monkey I hate, in a diaper. It I upsets me it. for the monkey. It, it is so upsetting He's to me. He's fucking liberated. Let him be liberated. Like, because there's, maybe it's because I think they're so smart because they're so close to humans. Yeah. I'm like, don't have a monkey as a pet. If I meet yeah. anyone who's like oh yeah I have a monkey I, like first of all I've never met anyone with a monkey as a pet I knew somebody who had a monkey as a pet if I met, I if I met that person I would be like like it's weird to it's me it's weird. weird it's you have a tiny almost huge like it's, uh, it's weird it's weird it's upsetting it's unnecessary it doesn't and feel like, fair to the monkey I don't want I don't want to I hang like out with monkeys, monkeys. I like monkeys. I don't, but I don't, I don't want, want a monkey to I don't touch want to hang me. Out with them. I don't want to hang I out with them. I want them to exist where they should exist. Yes. I in want the to support woods, them in the jungle, wherever they, they should be there. Be. I don't need to interact with mm-hmm. monkeys ever in my life. I don't need to sit across from a monkey and eat food. I don't need to. Never. Like, never. If that monkey came into where I was eating and he sat down to eat a meal, I am so there for that. I, this is the cutest thing I've ever fucking it's seen. It's cute. I love it. If I were a tourist in a place where the monkeys steal things, I would absolutely let them make a fool of me. Steal away. Loot the body. Loot the body, Loot baby. the body. Take it. <laughs> Do you want some bird's chili? I'll get it for you. But I don't need to own a monkey. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know someone who owns a monkey. It's weird to me. There's a, It's the ownership part <laughs> of it. You interact with a monkey naturally? Mm-mm. Okay. Cool. Fine. I am going to be a little skittish. I'm going to be honest. But cool, great, awesome. Love a little monkey. Love it. All about it. You own a monkey? Is you'd put clothes on it? No. No, no, no. You've no. crossed a line. You've crossed a line. If you put it no. This 
This is about Shrek. <laughs> PG, mind you. Yes. This so, is about Shrek. Let's, let's circle back Let's to talk Shrek. about Shrek. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> We've alienated so many audiences already. The monkey community. The monkey community. The friends community. <laughs> Listen. But if, if you can't take a stand on something, what can you know? I'm okay to take a stand on monkeys. I no monkeys in diapers. I'm just no, gonna say no it. monkeys in diapers. No <laughs> monkeys in diapers. <laughs> okay, circling back to Shrek. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna piss myself. Okay. Oh, did we mention that this pairs well with a bloom and onion? Yes. Okay. Good I time. would suggest if you are at home and you want to really in, be indulgent, mm-hmm. get yourself a bloom and onion and watch Shrek because yeah, it's, it's a wonderful pairing. Bread. It's a wonderful pairing. It is. It just stinky food in this goes well together. Yeah, it really, because it's a stinky movie. It's a stinky movie. And, and a is, lot of fart jokes. This is something that Parker and I, um, when we when we started watching it last night. You know, we were, I I was trying to put myself in the mindset of me as a 10 year old. Okay. And like what I've seen so far is like Little Mermaid, Mm -hmm. Lion King, Aladdin. I have seen Toy Story, Mm -hmm. which has a similar animation style. So this wasn't the first time I've seen this animation style. Um, But the thing that kind of caught us, you know, that we were noticing in the beginning of the movie, Shrek is gross. Oh, yeah. It was supposed to be grosser, actually. They originally animated it where, like, he was purple and it just didn't really work for the CGI. Um, And he had uh, sandals. And uh, yeah, I feel like I should have ended with that. That's, like, not the gross part, but Mm, kind of. I mean, you know. Um, He had, like, uh, what was it? Like, a lot more hair, missing a lot more teeth, some other things. And they, they really toned it down to make. Uh, the weird handsome Shrek that we see today. He he was still gross though, because like let's think about oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. opening of the movie. So first of all, we've got somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop.
Opening the door to the outhouse on the body of that, um, and so do you know that the the animators they had to I don't know why I'm saying did you know um, the animators they had to take mud showers like actively like really get to know mud because how often it was animated in this film and they didn't know how to animate mud I love for the that. mud shower and I just I like just love the idea of some of the animators getting together and telling their boss like. Yeah, man, we don't fucking know how to do it. So we had to have a spa day. I mean, a research day. <laughs> and do a mud Can bath. You, we got to go do a mud bath. Can you book us? I would Like, that's that. what I imagine is what actually happened is they were all like, fuck this shit. I'm worn out. I cannot do any more spa day. <laughs> I would love that because I have like these core memories as a child of like playing in mud. Like uh, we definitely made a muddle. Maybe that's why this like opening scene of Shrek is appealing to kids because he's gross. He's burping. He's farting. He's you know. I feel like he's, he's just playing in the mud. Um, and I think kids like things that are gross because oh, yeah. we haven't been taught that it's gross yet. Um, or or just like the lure. I can tell you, my niece. Annie, Simi, and I have definitely gone back and forth about who eats booger soup for, like, too long. Like, a 30-minute conversation about booger soup. And it just, like, ramps and ramps and ramps. And I think the idea of getting to say something that's so gross that you're not supposed to get to say is, like, the funnest thing. Yeah. You know? For sure. As a child and an adult. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For me, that's someone else's on my intellectual level. But I will say, like, going back to the soundtrack, so we opened Shrek with All Star by Smash Mouth. Mm -hmm. And I would like to know how much money they have made because that was chosen. Because, you know, that song was not originally chosen for the film. It was a filler. And they put it against a test audience. The test audience watched it and they fucking loved it. And it was so well received that they were like, all right, we'll stick with Smash Mouth. Yeah. And it is very difficult to believe that it was not built around that song, to be honest. It really is. And because the soundtrack very much reflects, I mean, it's just, it's bonkers. It's yeah. bonkers. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. So, so the actual, so when you listen to the soundtrack of Shrek, the first song is Stay Home by the band Self. I believe in self-assertion, destiny or slight diversion. 
on the soundtrack um so the, on the track listing on the soundtrack the, the track two is i'm a believer which classically plays at the end of the movie yeah with donkey singing it but you know i was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about soundtracks when you were a kid um i remember my friend jessica gave me the austin powers soundtrack and at the time i was like oh, i <laughs> just because i love movies so much and I don't think that soundtrack matches up with the film at all either. Yeah. It's, I, th- I think there is something happening in the 90s to the 2000s where soundtracks don't necessarily reflect their movies. Yeah. Uh, here it is. I'm a Believer by Smash Mouth. Out 
Song. So the first song on the soundtrack, again, All Star, um, we don't hear another song that's like on the official soundtrack until Bad Reputation. Yeah. In between is, there happens On the Road Again, which I, I do think that we should play that song. Yeah. That's one of the songs that we played today. So between that, we get On the Road Again. We also get the Pina Colada song. Oh, you're right. So which which both of those songs are not on the official soundtrack, but Uh they're both songs that I heavily associate with Shrek. Yeah, like I I would sample that. I mean, like that's that's that to me makes the soundtrack. Yeah, I I would think that's on there. When I was a child, again, like nine, ten years old, I wasn't like super aware of like who Willie Nelson was. Mm And so, like, this, like, on the road again reference, I didn't get when I was a kid, but I didn't know that song until this movie. Same with um, Pina Coladas, and I feel like both of those are made popular. Yes. So let's play both On the Road Again and Pina Colada. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again Life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that I've never been Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again
just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends.
I knew her smile in an instant I knew the curve of her face It was my own lovely lady And she said, oh, it's you Then we laughed for a moment And I said, I never knew That you like pina coladas And getting caught in the rain And the feel of the ocean And the taste of champagne If you like making love at midnight In the dunes on the Cape You're the lady I've looked for Come with me and escape So Bad Reputation plays during the fight scene where Shrek is um, Lord Farquaad is trying to choose a suitor to go save Fiona from the castle. Mm -hmm. Shrek waltzes in with Donkey Mm -hmm. and uh, Farquaad says, kill him. Are we um, are we ruining anything for people? There's no one who's not seen Shrek 2001. If you are avoiding Shrek, I love how you say Shrek 2001. <laughs> it sounded to me like Kubrick's like 2001: A Space Odyssey. Like they're on the same level. They're of on the same level of history uh, at this point. Yeah. Shrek spoilers ahead. Yeah, I I apologize to everyone who was unprepared. Uh, if you haven't listened, we're all, we are going to talk about we're, we're, we're going to talk we're, about some of the Shreks in the future. So just watch out. So watch out. Cover your um, ears. So bad reputation. Number one, when I was a child, I used to listen to this song on the soundtrack. It says, "I don't give a damn about my bad <laughs> reputation." And when I was a child, I thought, "Wow." <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> And I have a little bit of a story. Um, So when I, I, Parker and I both grew up in Texas, um, I had a lot of cousins and in the summer, like you do, do. (laughs) and um, when I was a child in the summertime, my cousins, we would all get together for a week and spend the, spend the week at my aunt's house. And we would have the culmination of the week. We'd have a talent show. And your fucking childhood is like TV. For for reference, Sarah also went to an engineering high school (laughs) where they had ridiculous clubs and like medieval fair. We had to put a yeah. We put the the senior class puts on a Renaissance festival. We'll get into that maybe. Tia and Tamara life. Tia Tamara. Um, so anyway, my cousins and I would put on this, this talent show. So I had a couple of cousins who were in my same age range and we formed a quote unquote band (laughs) called Viva La Revolution. 
And um, we would lip sing to songs and play at the talent show every year. And Can I tell you, this is just like a very reliable <laughs> build for you to end up being in the vagina monologues. I was, spoiler alert for listeners, I have appeared in the vagina monologues. Um, <laughs> um, so anyway, my, my cousins and I, we were in this fake band that we formed and um, we would do heavy kind of Avril Lavigne-esque eyeliner. Mm-hmm. Um, but we at one talent show performed Bad Reputation and we felt like such badasses. <laughs> we were like, we don't give a damn about our bad reputation. <laughs> As you're singing this to your aunts and uncles. <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally performing for our mom, dads, aunts, uncles. You know, like my weird, like Uncle Johnny's friends from the bar who like didn't have Love Uncle Johnny. Shout out to Uncle Johnny. <laughs> Shout out. Uncle Johnny. Send me a shirt this year. Woo. Um, um, let's the- get Uncle Johnny as a rep. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay, here's bad reputation. rated G, it's rated PG. Mm-hmm. It says ass, it says damn. And I think There's like... It's clearly defined butt cheeks at times. Clearly defined. clearly defined. And I think like maybe that like, maybe the reason that Shrek resonates with so many people even today, like Zoomers, Zillennials, 
is be like millennials. I, I would define myself as like a firm millennial. I'm not an elder emo. I'm not an elder millennial. I think I'm I'm a firm mid millennial. I'm not a zillennial. <laughs> mid grade. I am right in there. 1990 baby. Okay. Um, I'm I. Are you really 1990? I'm no. I'm 1991. Okay. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> not thank you, but like I was like, you're always making me feel. Oh, but we're not that far apart. Yeah. So I would, you would be potentially an older millennial, an elder millennial. I'm an elder, an elder. I almost said an elder Elmo and I'm like, ah, But I think maybe the reason that like people like Shrek is because it didn't baby them. It had these like grosser elements. It said, damn, it said jackass. It was different. It it was an evolution to the Don Bluth films of my childhood. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that Mm -hmm. it went there where Disney did couldn't go. Mm -hmm. And it was doing so much. I mean, Maybe this is a ill-advised hot take, but it was the scary movie of the animation world. Mm-hmm. You know, like it was poking fun at Disney. Mm-hmm. There's so many pop culture references. It's got a lot of adult humor. Well, And that was happening before then, but not, I don't feel like as blatantly at that no. scale. No, no, And that, no. that movie, you know, didn't feel... Like it was made for kids. Well, it's kind of interesting, too, because, like, Shrek is about fairy tales. Right. And it has fairy tale creatures. Shrek itself is a fairy tale. And I think that, like, up until... A thousand shown in the whole film. Yeah. A what? A thousand of them are shown throughout the whole film. Well, That's, like, the whole total. I think that, like, before Shrek came out, I think there was this idea that Disney had a monopoly on fairy tales. Disney had Snow White, Sleeping Beauty... Cinderella. I think that's true. And so, like... And the only rival was the Don Bluth ones, and they were weird. I love them. But wonderful. Thumbelina was my my favorite movie as a child. Yeah. And I I mean, mean, there's some other standout classics, like The Last Unicorn. Mm -hmm. The um, Secret of Nim. Secret of Nim. So good. Secret Um, of Nim and Thumbelina, I think, were two of my favorites. Did they also do The Black Cauldron? I was actually just going to ask if he did Swan Princess because Swan Princess was my fucking shit. Let's Princess, watch Swan Princess. Odette was it. my favorite. I like, do think Odette's a cool name. It's a beautiful name. Also that. in Thumbelina, the prince is Cornelius. I like that name Is too. there a more prince name than Cornelius? I fucking love corn, I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shucks. <laughs> Too bad corn's not on the soundtrack. I think they really missed an opportunity not adding corn to the soundtrack. But I, I do think... They did add the Proclaimers, who are so hot. Huge crush. Love them to pieces. Huge crush. Great music. Love them. Love them, love them, love, love them. them. Love them. Love them. We're going to talk about them because they're going to come up on they're- some future soundtracks. I'm going to do a deep dive because I'm just... What a bunch of cutie patooties. Cutie patooties. Um, the only notes other that I have under Bad Reputation was that how the fight scene mimicked like a WWE scene, which I thought was really fun um, and very like timely. Again, this movie came out in 2000, 2001. And yeah. like a lot, of, you know. Wrestling was pretty cool then. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of, so as somebody who now watches wrestling and thinks that it's, it's fun, I wish that I had the momentum or thought it was cool at that time, but I was like a punk and I didn't think that was cool at the time. Yeah. And I worked with an amateur wrestler at one point, like fun story, he had like a whole 
Oh my God. Curly blonde mullet. <gasps> it was his life. I mean. You had me at curly blonde mullet. Everything you thought um, uh, amateur wrestler would be, that is what this uh, young dumb man was. But I digress. Um, I appreciate the reference and now I get to appreciate wrestling for for what an art it is. And I, I'm glad that the anyway, 90s happened because Stone Cold's so awesome. Stone Cold. Yeah. Um, so that was like a Give fun. Intro right that there. was like one. Th- yeah, we should play that. That was like something that I thought. So the next one that plays in the movie is actually the Proclaimers. Uh-huh. Um, I put a note that just says so hot. Not the song. Not anything specific about it, just so happy. And, but it's such a great song, The Proclaimers. Um, so this is I'm On My Way, Not 500 Miles. I'm on my way. I'm on my way from misery to happiness to be. I'm on my way from misery to happiness to be.
great montage song. And so they're playing this while um, Donkey and Shrek are on their way to Princess Fiona from the castle. And it's just a great montage song. So the Proclaimers, that happens during a travel montage. So the Proclaimers are all the way at track number 11 out of 13 on the soundtrack, just if we're keeping track. Do you think that the soundtrack has a specific build to it that's, like, outside and separate of the movie? Because the thing is, like, I feel like soundtracks are just another way to make money off of a a franchise. They're never, like, an accoutrement. I think in the case of Shrek, you're 100% correct. Um, Mostly because there's two tracks on, at least, I think there's three, but... Two that are more money makers on the soundtrack that mm-hmm. when we were watching the movie last night, I was listening for and I didn't hear them. The first one of which is called Like Wow! Exclamation point by Leslie Carter. Oh, this is one you were telling me. I actually did not know who Leslie Carter was when you said this to me. I think I said, oh, really? I didn't know. So she's not related to Linda Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, she is related to Nick and Aaron Carter. So she's the and younger sister. And Nick and Aaron Carter are of... So Nick was in the Backstreet Boys. Thank you. Um, Aaron had a solo solo career. Um, right, and a haircut party, that went like this. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, he famously dated Lindsay Lohan and Hilary Duff. Um, I'm going to put in a picture of Aaron Carter on the Instagram. Yeah, I mean, and fun fact. So this is like another little story about me and my cousin. Um, when we were, do you, do you, you know when you're little and you just play games like you play make believe, whatever. Um, my cousin and I used to play a game called boyfriends where we just would pretend we had boyfriends. Um, and is it similar to pick your new metal boyfriend? Kind of. It's just like we're just like role playing and pretending that we were like we would be like hanging out with our boyfriends. Um, and so she would always like assign her boyfriend's name as Nick and mine as Brian. And then I don't see you dating a Brian. I'm just going to say, well, here's the thing. This is no, if it's where I'm not trying to alienate all the Brian's out there. My cousin was two years older than me. So by the time I became aware of the Backstreet Boys, I realized she was giving herself Nick Carter (gasps) and I was getting Brian who at the time when I was a child, I thought was the least desirable Backstreet Boy. I don't know which one Brian is. If I saw him in a lineup today, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but to eight-year-old me, this was very important. Anyway, Nick yeah. to no, me, Nick fine. Carter I, was the height of cute boy band. I was a BSB girl. I was not an NSYNC girl. I really like. I was not a I, 98 Degrees girl. I was not an O Town yeah. girl. I was a BSB girl. Okay? okay, I was a Backstreet Boys girl. I did see some of the O Town show, but to be honest, I did that to fit in so I could talk to my friend Jessica. Mm-hmm. Because I did not understand boy bands. I was, but I was also just like some fucking weird creature. And so. I, but I and I was primed for boy bands. Backstreet yeah. Boys was actually the first CD I ever had. It was um, when I was eight years old for my birthday party. I got a Discman that year, and the first two CDs I got were at the same birthday party. I got Backstreet Boys Millennium, and I got Britney Spears' um, debut album. We had different experiences. Exactly when when. When people were talking about boy bands, I was like, I thought that the cheer was a boy band. I mean, boys don't cry. <laughs> yeah, it was like, this is the boy band that I am into. Yeah. It's called The Cure. Um, See, I didn't. I, I actually, and I thought that The Cure, like, I didn't understand that that was from the 80s mm-hmm. um, throughout the 90s. Like, I, that didn't. I thought that they, I <laughs> I thought they looked like that now. And I was like, yeah, they're so hot. I mean, 
I mean, yeah. Robert Smith had a whole thing going on. Yeah. I was like really into the bases. The, yeah, because I, I wasn't aware of The Cure until I was maybe 12, 13. Yeah, um, and it's because it was probably like on something, right? Like It was, I have an older brother who's 10 years oh, older that's than right, me, right, 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 and right. I found Dusty his stash of very CDs. Good. He has music great taste. music taste. Great and so taste. I found his like old school, huge like yeah. CD book where you would take your CDs out of the case and put them in a booklet um, with the like, you know, the little booklet that came with the CD yeah, that had yeah, the song yeah, lyrics. Yeah, yeah. So you put that behind and you put the CD on front yeah. and you had like the whole like kind of binder full. Man, you could really know somebody's chaos by their CD folder. If you, you used to be able to get in someone's car and flip through their CD folder. And find out like the most, you know, because that that was a time where you had to download music and then then burn it. Or you had to buy that CD. Mm -hmm. And I do, Mm -hmm. like my first three CDs were Blink-182's Enema of the State. Oh my God. uh, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. And the third one was the Pixies, um, Dr. Doolittle. So we'll do a whole Doolittle episode. We'll put that album on there because it's a fucking banger. I fucking love the Pixies and I fucking love Blink-182. Yeah, I do too. Um, I I think... Bless. Bless. Um, Although very disappointed about Travis dating a Kardashian. Yes, but Tom DeLonge did give us aliens, so... So, it all comes out in the wash. Um, <laughs> you can't all be disciples, you know. You can't all be Someone's gotta gotta walk on water so you can. Run. So before we move on to the rest of the movie, I just so so we do have the Leslie Carter song like "Wow," oh, right, right, which right. is like to me bubble is pop, right? bubblegum pop, like sac. I love the word saccharine. Yeah, it has a saturation. It has, to it. It's like so sweet. It's awful. Yeah. Um, and it is just so manufactured pop. Yeah. Um, the other. What was going on at that time? Do you know if it was like a DreamWorks? I mean, had a deal with this because that some something to that effect is what happened with the with the John Cale situation. I don't know what's going on there, other than probably the Carters were trying to make another one of their siblings famous, and it was just like the most like and and I mean it makes sense How right are they doing Shrek Sorry. Shrek <laughs> I don't know how to do it now <laughs> but I mean Shrek is a movie for kids right and this kind of bubblegum pop is so appealing to kids like I found myself when I was re-listening to the soundtrack I was like singing along to this like wow because I was like I'm not really totally enjoying this song but I remember every word Maybe it just tickled the right parts of your brain. And I think because when you're a child, it just is like, it's very appealing to children. Um, it reminded me a lot of um, Mandy Moore, like early Mandy Moore. Oh, yeah. Like, I did. I did agree with candy that. candy song. I totally agree with that. You know? It did sound very much like Mandy Moore. When Mandy Moore was a blonde. Yeah. And like early Jessica Simpson, like that whole kind of phenomenon of like late 90s, early aughts, like female pop star. Um, I'm just realizing that I had a very like uh, Wednesday Adams interaction throughout my existence, and yours was like um, I'm trying to think of a character that's that's good. Like yours was more Lizzie McGuire. You were more yes. out there trying to you know like yes. listen to it all, feel it all, see these things. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't know if because of that, like, I still like pop music. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, like, I don't really, maybe I'm not as hip on what's going on currently, mm-hmm. but, like, nothing brings me more joy than fucking 80s pop music. Oh, a thousand. Like, 
80s pop is like what I listen to when I am feeling the big sad. Yeah. And I need to like feel something. Yeah. Um, but I anyway, um, the other song that is on the soundtrack, the official soundtrack that it, I did not hear in the movie uh-huh. was um, by the Baja Men. Oh, um, yeah. And this is not Who Let the Dogs Out. This is called Best Years of Our Lives, mm-hmm. um, which, again, when I was listening to the soundtrack again, I not a song I would go to to listen to. Um, not, 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 not my favorite song on the soundtrack. Um, but this is coming off of their, their one hit wonder who let the dogs out. Um, Baja men in themselves are fascinating. Are they not? I feel like I don't know that much. Again, our beautiful friend, Kate, um, she listened to a video essay on YouTube about the Baja men, but, Something about that band has been around for a really long time, and they just kept switching out the members until it, yeah, it kind of worked. And then, but, but this this was a song on the soundtrack I didn't love. Um, the other one, because I'm I'm kind of going through the songs that are on the soundtrack, and then we're gonna because the rest of these I think are on there and kind of go thematically throughout the movie. The other one is um, is called "It Is You" parentheses I have loved and parentheses. Um, and it's kind of, it goes like, it is you I have long loved all along. And to me, when I was listening to the soundtrack, this was kind of, to me, I'm like, are they trying to do like a Celine Dion thing? Uh, Is this my heart will go on for Shrek? Wow. It was a ballad like that. Is it? Because, you know, I think one of the key elements to a Disney film is that there's a ballad. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a bad guy song that you can get behind. It's catchy. Mm-hmm. The bad guy song has to be catchy. It has mm-hmm. the same formula that that's always been in movies for the bad guy. That part's catchy. And then there's a ballad. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's it. I think maybe that's what they were. Because doesn't have a... Uh... He does, he's not a Jafar. No, he doesn't have a bad guy he's song. He's not an Ursula. Oh, it's no Ursula. Poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that's the that's the other song. It also gave me when I was listening to it. I remember thinking like vague, kind of like Lord of the Rings vibes. Um, and it's by an artist named Dana Glover. Um, those are the three that are um, on the soundtrack that perhaps I missed them on our listen through, but that I didn't hear on our listen through. And they all kind of like serve purposes, I think. Like Wow by Leslie Carter and Best Years of Our Lives of Baja Men, I think are both very child-friendly songs. And then as you were saying, I think that It Is You, I Have Loved, kind of fills that like ballad kind of need. Yeah, I think that's just like the success, like the key to success of every film is like, you need this ballad, you need something to promote it on this other end that's weird. And it has themes of, I would say, the score in that song. but yeah, so that those are the three that are that I believe are um, on the official soundtrack that I don't hear in the movie, okay. which um, takes us all the way to um, My Beloved Monster and Me by the band named Eels. Just through all kinds of weather She will 
So this song is um, kind of the song of Shrek and Fiona falling in love. Um, it happens. Oh, it's when they blow up the. It's when they blow up the snake. The frog and the, the snake, frog. and then they just let them fly off into the atmosphere. Yeah. I love this song. <laughs> I really do. I really do love this song. I loved it when I was a kid, and when I was re-listening to the soundtrack um, yesterday, before we recorded this, I. I still love it. And I think that it kind of set me up for the kind of like sad boy indie kid that I am as an adult. Ooh, look at that. Um, you know, like my beloved monster in me, this kind of like outcast love story. Um, you love that shit. I love that <laughs> shit. I love that shit. So I, I love this song. And I, I love the sequence in the movie when they're just like, Fiona's letting her guard down. She's being a fucking weirdo, blowing up snakes, which is really upsetting to watch. Yeah. Um, but I, I, st- I, I really like this part of the film, and I really like this song. Yes, I agree. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a good song. And kind of like on that same vibe is the next song on the soundtrack, which is You Belong to Me by Jason Wade. This is another one that I loved as a kid. And this plays um, as they're eating rats over the fire at sunset. Pyramids along the night Watch the sunrise from a tropic And Just remember, darling, all the while You belong to me And see the marketplace in old and Send me photographs and souvenirs just remember when a dream appears You belong to me And I'll be so alone without you Maybe you'll be lonesome too Fly 
Again, kind of that like indie kid, sad boy kind of sound, like um, you belong to me. Um, I, I and again, listening to the soundtrack, I still really like this song, even though like whatever misogynistic thing, like you can't belong to someone. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's that feeling of like, and this hasn't been my personal experience in love. But I've known people who have talked to me about it who have lived away from their their partner, the person they've been in love with, and and they they come back together. And it's like we we go and we do these things, we go and we travel, and we are our own person. But at the end of the day, we're going to end up together. Yeah. Why would you say that's not your personal experience, though? Remember Oakland? Um. Yeah, I guess that is a little bit my personal experience. And in Russia, yeah, and I guess it just like it's a really lovely sentiment that like because it speaks to like being able to be your own person in a relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you belong to me. Well, I feel like you you really listen to the songs. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was okay. Like I, I couldn't even tell you what song that is right now, and I'm just like, I need to re-listen that song. It's so good. It's like because it's very like you belong to me sounds like very misogynistic and like. Yeah. ownership over someone and I don't think that like that's what I love but I love the idea <laughs> of like being a when you're in a relationship being able to do your own things and go apart for a while mm-hmm. but then always knowing and being able to come back together that yeah, idea is very romantic to me but that's also like the idea of your partner being home mm-hmm. you know like, you no matter leave, where they are you have to leave the house mm-hmm. at some point and do things yeah but no matter what like that's your ultimate comfort like that's where you feel safe yeah. that's where you and it's not a place it's, yeah yeah so it's 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 a nice one <laughs> it's a nice one i can tell you've had one because you're like i love this song i love it <laughs> which like these these three that play in the movie right after right after each other um they're not necessarily in this order on the soundtrack but it goes from my beloved monster and me to you belong to me to hallelujah and those are three of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. This yes, is the c- I fucking love Hallelujah. And this is the cover on the soundtrack is the cover by Rufus Wainwright. Yes. But in the movie It's uh it's John Cale of 
Velvet Underground fame. Which like I didn't of, know. One of the original members. Um, I mean, he has other things that he's famous for, but that is something he's known for. Um, yeah, I I didn't realize it um, until we were listening to it. And I was like, that's not Rufus Wainwright. Mm-hmm. And then I had to look it up and then I saw who it was. I knew it wasn't Leonard Cohen, but I, mm-hmm. I could tell that it had that structure to the voice. So... But it's it's such, I mean, I don't, it doesn't matter to me who's covering it. I can play this song on the ukulele, fun fact. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I just think, you know. Can Jordan play this on the piano? That doesn't probably. Have to be the show, just... Um, I just think Hallelujah is such a beautiful, it's a beautiful song. Um, it makes my cheeks tingle, like legitimately. I, I think anyone can cover, not anyone can cover this song, but... Anyone who has covered this song and covered it well, it it still resonates so beautifully. It's so and beautiful. And it's such a... And I love that they included it in a movie for kids. Yeah. Here we go. There was a secret card that David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift The baffled king composing, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah Saw her bathing on the roof Her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you She tied you to a kitchen chair She broke your throne, she cut your hair And from your lips she drew the hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah I know this room, I've walked this floor I used to live alone before I knew you I've seen your flag on the marble arch Love is not a victory march It's a cone and it's a broken Hallelujah 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 time you let me know what's real and going on below but now you never show it to me do you and remember when i moved in you the holy dark was moving too and every breath we drew was hallelujah hallelujah 
is surprising it is it's a banger once you get it's past some, some of the like bubblegum pop and like yeah. obvious pandering to kids there's some real gems on the soundtrack i mean as someone who had an age difference of 12 years between their younger sibling so uh, often took care of them i had to listen to a lot of shit this ain't a bad soundtrack to have to bang out you know like no once i like Wow by Leslie Carter is a little grating, and so is the Baja Man, Men, I would say. But I think there are some real gems on this soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Again, Proclaimers. Joan Jett. Yeah. Smash Mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. the next song that plays in the movie that's on the soundtrack is I'm a Believer, which is the end credits. Oh, yeah. Like right before the end credits with Donkey. I would also like to point out that um, Herb Belbert and Tijuana Brass have Whipped Cream, that song, plays in there. If you don't know them and you like Exotica, I highly recommend. They are also on a butt-ton of soundtracks because they just did a lot of uh, musical background stuff. But anyway, I wanted to include that. Continue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm a believer. It's a fun song. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Highly associated with the movie. Yeah, Smash Mouth does a cover for the soundtrack, but they also have the Eddie Murphy version on the soundtrack. <laughs> Um, That's great. It's you know, and it's fun. Ah, originally believe. Neil Diamond song. I love Neil Diamond. <laughs> I love that you love Neil Diamond. I love the song Harvest. No, wait, is that Neil Young? I get Neil Young and Neil Diamond confused. I, is it Harvest Moon? You were gonna say. I love Harvest Moon. I want to say that's. Neil I Young. think that's Neil Young. Like it's Neil Young. Yeah. I get Neil like Young and Neil Diamond confused. Yeah. Um, so the last song that's on the soundtrack that you hear in the movie um, is during the credits. You hear "Stay Stay Home" by Self, really, nice. which is the first song on the soundtrack. Wow. Which I liked that song when I was a kid, and I was listening to the soundtrack. I liked that song. It's. I'm gonna be honest. I haven't listened to it. It's like you it's know, easy. it's very like Shrek, "Stay Out of My Swamp" kind of vibes. Um, Do you know the line, stay out of my swamp? They forgot to record it. And uh, so Mike Myers called the director and was like, we forgot to do it. And he set him up with sound equipment 
He was in New York at the time. In the back of a cab, he, like, recorded that specific line. Really? Get out of my swamp in, like, the back of a cab. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's, like, and it's such a thing that's, like, repeated Classic. as a meme. Which is something else that I wanted to talk about. The internet phenomenon that Shrek, I was listening to um, the Bechdel test, which I actually really enjoy that show, the newer episodes. I listened to a 2017 episode. I won't get too much into my opinions about it. Are you starting beef it. on our very first podcast? I'm not starting beef. I'm not starting beef. <laughs> um, you made me forget what I was going to say because I'm trying so hard not to start beef now. Um, what was I going to say? You were talking about the Black Dog podcast. We were talking about Stay Out of My Swamp. We were oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, okay. They had made a commentary um, that the internet fandom of Shrek is because it's such a universally bad movie, that it's thought of as a bad movie. A bad movie? Yeah, but but then I, I talked to other people, and, like, even today, you know, we talked to people who are clearly um, in the zillennial culture, and... They don't remember it as a bad movie. I would not say that I ever thought of it as a bad movie. I don't think it was received as a bad movie. No, it was a hit. I think it was a huge hit. And I think that, you know, meme space and the internet is a weird fucking place where things just catch, you know? Like, yeah. I cannot explain my love of that wiener dog in the airplane. But, oh, my God, <laughs> every time I see it, I can't help but laugh. I love that wiener dog in the airplane. And I think the same kind of thing happens around Shrek culture and the internet. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Like, Shrek is love, Shrek is life. I, I think That's it's just name. like something that is easy to use in, a, in an absurdist humor way. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Yeah, I would not. That's, that's all the beef I really want to start is that I disagree with that take. I don't think that Shrek is a bad movie. I don't think so either. I don't think that the memes are in response to it being a bad movie. No. I love the memes in response to the bee movie and how ridiculous the idea of a woman oh, falling in love bee. with a bee. Yeah, with Jerry yeah. Seinfeld. That, I think, directly correlates. However, with Shrek, I think it is just absurdist humor. I think it is just an opportunity something green to put out there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like well, it, and, under the same. I mean, I think it, it speaks to the fact that like millennials and zoomers, Gen Z's, zillennials, whatever you want to say. Um, I mean, Shrek was a huge part of all of our childhoods. Yeah. Whether Shrek came out when you like, you could go see it in theaters like me when I was 10 years old, or if you're like a couple years younger, like Shrek was like, <laughs> what you were watching on DVD all the time. Right. Like, I think Shrek is just also ever present. DVDs. And I think that, I do think that, like, maybe people who are five or ten years younger than me are more into the Shrek sequels, whereas, like, me... Which I do think that the characters immensely grow in the Shrek sequels. I feel like... How many did you watch last night? Uh, I tried to watch... So I watched the second one, and then I tried to watch the third one, but it was not streaming anywhere for free. Ah! that I had access to, which was so frustrating. So I was going to jump ahead to four. Um, but then I was like, it's two in the morning and you really should stop. So, <laughs> so I did. Uh, but I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, I feel like I, I kind of remember Shrek 2, but I mostly remember Shrek 1. Uh, I, Shrek 2 is the introduction of Puss in Boots. Love Puss in Boots. Antonio Banderas. 
Um, I feel like you get a lot more gingy jokes. There are quite a few odd sexual jokes in reference to Pinocchio constantly. Like throughout the series. You know? I just think it's so funny um, that there is a a background of jazz happening while we (laughs) talk about Shrek. Discuss Shrek. Not quite... Not quite the intellectual show that you had hoped for, but uh, it's what you get. And then what else do you want to talk about? Shrek? I, do, I think that we need to talk more about the cultural phenomenon that is Shrek. Like the... The ketchup? The ketchup. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you did have a an important point for you. I mean, I, when I was growing up, I remember having a birthday party where I had the Shrek ketchup. Um, which was a green, they had green and purple ketchup from Heinz. And I think that colored ketchup came well before this, but that there was definitely a Shrek gimmick. And I, that is true well, of was, a lot of there food. There was specific Shrek marketing. Like, look, yeah. this is one of the bottles. Oh, See, it has, like, Shrek's face. It has, like, Fiona Can you look it. up Shrek foods in general? I believe, yes. Because I think there were some Oreos that came out with, like, a slime green or something. Some sort of cupcake. So it's looking like there's maybe some Twinkies. Maybe there's a Kid right Cuisine. Okay. This is, okay, this is a listicle called, from BuzzFeed, um, Nine Disgusting Shrek Food Tie-Ins from 2013. Oh, 2013. Um, kudos bars. Do you remember those, like, candy granola bars? They had lima beans. Um that look like Shrek's boogers, I guess. Swamp and swap and none of these images are available because <laughs> this is from 2013. I bet it was just bullshit like applesauce that's neon green, you know. Kid Although cuisine. I do love themed food. Anytime there's a themed food based on something, I just I, I love that shit. I think yeah. it's so gross, and maybe because it is beat consumerism, I'm like. It looks like and there's Rice Krispies. Like there was a Shrek Happy Meal, Rice Krispies, Kid Cuisine. I loved Kid Cuisines when I was a kid. I thought that was such a special treat. Eggos with Shrek and Fiona. Wow. Swamp Pops from Nestle. Gushers, Shrek Gushers. Oh, that's cool. Shrek Cereal, Shrek Cheeses. Shrek Twinkies. Maybe they're just Shrek shapes or something. Oh, okay. Shrek pizza rolls. Well, do we have any last thoughts on Shrek? The music, the soundtrack, the phenomenon. phenomenon. Um, pretty big in soundtrack. Yeah. I would say there are some gems on the soundtrack. I think there's some stuff that's like not that great. I think to children, this is soundtrack is phenomenal. I do think that the movie held up to my expectations, but I came in with low expectations. I mean, I wouldn't even say that it came with low expectations. I was just like, oh, it's going to be Shrek. I know Shrek. Yeah. It was was an enjoyable watch. It's very much a Mike Myers movie. Mm. And I don't think it's remembered that way or thought Mm -hmm. of that at all. No. But when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this is very much Mike Myers' humor. Mm. Yeah. Which is interesting. Probably very loud, me reaching for these chocolate almonds. I was chewing one earlier and I burped, so like, you're going to be fine. (laughs) I was going to ASMR. (laughs) 
This is the ASMR bit of the show. Talk more about Mike Myers. And why is it Mike Myers movie? Um, well, actually, what other movies are Mike Myers movies? Austin Powers. Would you say Wayne's World is a Mike Myers movie? Yeah, I think you could say because without Wayne. without Mike Myers, without Wayne, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't be his world. Even <laughs> certainly would not be <laughs> his world. Even though Dana Carvey obviously um, shines, shines. I mean. Garth is an archetype that I will always be in love with. <laughs> I know that. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. It's a weakness. Love it. All about it. Can't help it. <laughs> um, Star Study Cast also, I think, is another reason that Mike Myers movies are always about cameos. Mm-hmm. In the way that Adam Sandler movies are mm-hmm. as well, but different. Yeah. Um, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And a lot of just like A lot of body humor. Yeah. I would say, like, I overall feel like Adam Sandler is trying to get to a little bit more heart than I've ever seen Mike Myers. I absolutely agree with that. I just mean that, like, they both have cameos. Often of people. But it really wasn't even a... I mean, it's an apples to oranges comedians. Or maybe not. Were they on SNL at the same time? No. Well, Mike Myers is a Canadian. I don't think he was on SNL. I thought, oh, yeah. Didn't Wayne, he do the... Wayne's Rules came out right. of SNL. You're right. You're right. You are right. The cheeky monkey thing, too. It's kind of all the same time. Canadians can be on Saturday Night Live. Okay. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well... Do you feel like this is enough raw data? I'm like much more excited for the the practical magic one. So I feel like I'm going to have way more to say about that. More to say about the movie? Yeah. Because with Shrek, I feel like I rewatched it and I was just like, yeah, mm-hmm. with Shrek. Yeah. The cultural phenomenon. I think I'm more in love with the memes than I am the movie is what I've realized. Yeah. More in love with the memes than the movie. Mm-hmm. That's Shrek. That's that is Shrek. That's, Shrek. That's the tragedy of Shrek. Isn't the tragedy it? of Shrek. The tragedy of Shrek. That's what you would call this episode. The tragedy of Shrek. Yeah. People are gonna come into it thinking that we hate Shrek. Wouldn't that be the tragedy of Shrek? No. Shrek. Okay. This <laughs> <laughs> uh, is very similar to the Bigfoot conversation. <laughs> No. <laughs> That's an unnecessary detail. Is that? It is. <laughs> oh. I've actually uh, been fun fact. Mike Myers started with a Canadian voice because he's Canadian. Yeah. Switched to Scottish. <laughs> which, made, which prevented him from being. I actually have life. a personal connection to this movie that I never realized. It's so just explain. I dated somebody because of their Shrek impression. I totally forgot about that. Why? Not why did you forget? Why did you date them? Because of the Shrek impression? Um, they were a fellow teacher. This is when I was teaching. And they never cared about anything previous to this that I could visibly really, really tell. Um, maybe that's like, that's not a fair 
way to put it, but they, they taught an acting class and they came out doing this bit and they lit up the room when they did it. Like they were so confident in who they were, which was Shrek. Shrek. (laughs) They were so confident in Shrek. Um, And I'm not going to lie. I love a Scottish accent. So it did it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then things happened after that. And I was like, remember when they were Shrek? Remember when they were Shrek? When you said, I love a Scottish accent, it reminded me of my number one favorite TikTok of all time where someone is dressed as Shrek and they're like singing Genuine's Pony, but to like Shrek themed. And they're like, write it, mad donkey. Um, I think that we should post a collection of memes pertaining and information just uh, retaining to the pertaining to the episode on the Instagram and that will be one of the TikToks that gets reposted. Absolutely. Yeah. Do it. Write it. Mad donkey. <laughs> I fucking love it. Is that what you say each day to life? Mm-hmm. When you get up in the morning it's like you say I'm going to ride life like it's a donkey. That's fair. Yeah. Side note, Genuine's Pony. Absolute banger of a Absolute song. banger. Absolute banger. Absolute. Like, I was listening to that song the other day, and I was just like, damn. It's a great song. He's just a bachelor. It really is. He really wow. is. Wow. It's so good. So good. So we, um, yeah. Any other thoughts? That's Shrek, baby. That is Shrek. <laughs> this is not for the podcast, but... I was just looking down where I'd written down my password was in the can 69, which is not the password, so it's fine for me to say. Um, but Hack all of our stuff. <laughs> Please don't. I'm so scared of cybersecurity. I hate it. <sighs> it's my worst well, fear. This um, has been in the can. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our episode on Shrek. We'll be back next week with a different episode. Yeah, something else. Something else. Another movie. Something else. Another soundtrack. Um, if you ever want to connect with us, uh, contact us on our Instagram, underscore in, underscore the, underscore can. I could have made it more annoying, but I didn't, so you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, give us a shout out. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you guys next week. Cool. Cool. Come on, y'all. And I saw her face. Ha ha. Now I'm a believer. Listen. Not a trace. I'm in my mind. I'm in love. I'm a believer. I could believe her if I tried. Then I saw her face.
Oh, oh. I can't breathe. I can't breathe.